You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 66, what is Feng Shui? Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So thank you all for listening. And I have some exciting news. So some of you know, Laura and I have started a new business called Mindful Design Feng Shui School. And we're teaching feng shui courses and teaching feng shui online certification. And it's doing really well and we absolutely love it. And so with that shift, we're also shifting the Holistic Spaces podcast a bit. And Laura is now going to co-host the podcast with me. So Laura, thank you so much for jumping in. Hi. Now I'm excited to be Yay. here. Yay. So we thought it would be a great way to start the podcast again by looking at what is feng shui and so i thought we could start with laura asking laura laura what is your definition of feng shui so that's a that's a Mm -hmm. that's a big question but i will try and so it's a what do they say it's simple but not easy yeah i think that's the word so that's the phrase so yeah i mean feng shui for me my definition is It's a practice that, I mean, you have all that sort of ancient, you know, practice stuff from 4,000 years ago, wind, water, all that stuff, which people have read over and over and over and over again, I'm sure. But for me, fundamentally, what it means is really about looking at your space, at your environment and how we connect with that environment and how we interact with that environment and at the end of the day it's about our energy and if we don't feel that we're supported by our environments then our energy isn't going to thrive and so it's about it's all about the chi it's all about having making sure that energy flows and that you are supported healthy happy so that's sort of the basic simple one and you know there's all those fancy ways we can come up with it. But really at the end of the day, that's how I think. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, we get asked this all the time and I think we could give like a one sentence answer that could be like, well, feng shui is an Asian philosophy that looks at how chi, which is life force energy moves through your spaces to benefit your life. That could be like the one off answer. And then sometimes I give a lot of answers where it's like, what is, what is the feng shui stereotype versus what it really is? Because like, what are some of the stereotypes that people that you get from people? Uh, it's about moving furniture or putting like dragons and stuff <laughs> all around your house and lots and, of red and, and coins yeah, hanging here and, and there. And, uh, yeah. Well, actually someone last night I was over and said, and this happens all the time. They say, Oh, if you ever went over to my house, it would not be feng shui approved. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. 
I mean, of course. I mean, it's I we all, all like with everything that most people do. I'm sure you get these standard answers that pe- people have assumptions and stereotypes because I like to say like you don't know what you don't know, but there's so much more to feng shui. And I also like to say that feng shui is kind of like it's mindfulness for your environment. So a lot of times we think about mindfulness as mindfulness meditation, right? So oh, meditating and being mindful of everything you do. So that also distills down to your spaces too and your environments because being mindful and paying attention to how your environment actually affects you and how your home affects you and how your workspaces all affect you. A lot of people think that, well, you know, your home is your home and that's it. But of course the state of your home and the people in your home and where your home is located the geography of your home, of course, all of those things impact your life in a very strong way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you talk about my, I mean, it's mindfulness means fundamentally, basically, you're just, I'm paying attention. You're paying attention. You're aware. You're not sleeping through mm-hmm. life, <laughs> and that you've opened your eyes. And and feng shui, whether or not you really buy all of it and you want all, you know, I mean, obviously Angie, you and I study it fairly deeply, but even if, you know, you're sort of, if there's, if you're only going to buy into part of it, it's really the best part to buy into, which is let's just open our eyes and use the tools. We've got some really great tools in this practice that actually what they do at the end of the day is get you to look and sense and pay attention and be aware. And I think that, if people can do that, you know, then they're, you know, halfway Absolutely. there, basically. And you said another, you brought up another thing, actually. It was interesting. You said that you met someone and they say, oh, you, you, you I can never have you. I get that all the time. Yeah, I can never have you over to my house. It's the worst feng shui. And there is this whole pedestal, like not pedestal, but this almost a little bit of fear around it, that, that it's got to be this. I don't know, this scary sort of thing that I'm some we're, we're going to come into somebody's house and tell them that a whole bunch of things Fear are wrong. Based, and, yeah. and that's just, yeah, that's What's just not, not our style. That's not what I think of. Yeah. Not our style and not, not how I think feng shui is beneficial to people, but, um, there is that, you know, feeling, Oh, you, you know, are you going to tell me my, my sofa's in the wrong spot? And, you know, I don't know, something bad's going to happen. And obviously that's simplistic and that we'd never do that. And that just isn't the way feng shui works, but yeah. So again, open your eyes, pay attention, be aware, you know, sit, feel those are really that would take you so far in this practice. It would give you a really good, you know, step. And I have, I have a question for you, Laura. What would you say to someone mm-hmm. who asked you, like, how do you know feng shui works? Like what, or if they wanted you to prove that it works. Yeah. I'll get people that get in touch with me and go, okay, so, you know, how, how do, how am I going to know that what I'm doing is right? Or how am I going to know is it works? And nine times out of 10, when I go, when, when I'm working with people or when I'm doing it myself, but mostly when I'm working with others and, um, and they're making changes, they will feel a change almost immediately. Now, you know, some people might have this thought that, okay, well, if I work on this, then the next step would be, you know, I should be winning the lottery and not many people think that, but there's this idea that that's the kind of power you can bring. And honestly, I would say that down the road, yeah, like not, not lottery, but these kind of abundance and prosperity is something that would come. And that's because you've, 
shifted the energy in the space. So does it work? Yeah. I think people that have dabbled in this practice and even dabbled in the idea of, you know, removing things and moving things and shifting things in their space and putting, you know, a bouquet of flowers in a particular spot and taking the time. And as you mentioned, which is really, and being really mindful about the kind of space they sent, they put around them. I think anyone that sat down and thought about that, they'd be like, you know what? I absolutely feel better and it feels different. And to me that that's working. So, I mean, are you going to go out and like the day you do it the next day, you know, get this dream job you've literally never trained for, never even tried to get, and it's going to fall in your lap. Well, no, maybe. but you know, is that going to happen in real life? No, you know, so like, let's be reasonable here, but I definitely think people will feel a change and I know, and you know, people listening will be like, absolutely happen to me and just small changes can make yeah, really big impacts. Um, someone asked me this for an in, in an interview recently, actually. And I said, well, also another way that I look at it is that the feng shui that we practice is BTB feng shui. And it comes from Tibetan Buddhism. And one of the tenets of Buddhism and with BTB feng shui is to not take what we say on our word, but actually do the work. Check it out. So we can tell you that most of the things that we talk about, we've implemented in our lives and we've used and we've seen changes and we've seen changes in our clients' lives and in our students' lives. And that's where we're coming from. That's why we share the knowledge that we have. But I'm not, you know, everyone's responsible for themselves and you're responsible for showing up. So we can't prove to you anything works what we can do is share the wisdom and then it's up to you. It's on you to try it out, try it out, see what works, keep what works, keep what's helpful and discard what's not. And so that's what I say when people ask me, you know, how do you know that it works? And then also one time in class, actually, when, so Laura and I teach feng shui classes and certifications, Laura said also, you know, remember we have hundreds of years behind hundreds, thousands of years, like these teachings, these feng, feng shui teachings come from Taoism and there's a huge lineage behind it. So it's not just like Laura and I, Laura and I are very lineage based as is BTB feng shui. So we credit our teachers and maybe we'll have a whole episode on just talking about experiences with our teachers or, or how we learn feng shui, but we have our teachers and they have their teachers. And then this goes back to Taoism. And it also goes back to just looking outside your window at nature. Yeah, we didn't pull this stuff out of the air when we came up with it and thought, hey, let's do that. That sounds cool. For a lot of the adjustments we do, I mean, they're all based on what we, how we were taught and, and so on and so forth. And that's not to say that once you've learned them and done them, that there isn't a margin and some margin for creativity and for bringing your own intuition and your own style to it. Absolutely. But, you know, we didn't fundamentally, like the basic, the essence of these, we didn't just pull them out of thin air. And you, when you say that, what, how do you, how the proof, the idea, well, how can you prove that these work? And I think, you know, obviously we wouldn't say this because no one wants to hear this if you were given this question in an interview, but you know, you sort of sit back and go, okay, well the fact, and then interview is asking you for a different reason, I suppose. But if a client is asking you, I really think it opens up and going, okay, this, you know, the fact that they need proof and that there's this sense that that will give them this sense of hope that they need. Whereas, you know, there is leap of faith is not the right way to, to say it, but there is this trust that you need to put in to any energy practice. You know, I mean, you really have to sort of open yourself up to it 
and see what happens. And often, you know, when Angie, when, when we're doing these, these cures and we give them, you know, a particular way to activate them, we say, you know, you know, one of the ways to do it is to sort of see those steps that would be involved in getting to where you are. You know, I mean, there's a process to it. There's, there's a way to open yourself up to it. So, you know, the need for proof, I think is really telling. And, and of course, you know, Angie and I would read your chi and we'd give you sort of a, a bit of an elemental twist on why you want this proof. Cause there's a whole thing around that, which is a whole other episode. But yeah, I think that, you know, you got it. You, sometimes you just got to trust. Trust the thousands of years that are behind it. Yeah. So we also, Laura and I will also contradict ourselves, each other, and you sometimes. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. Did I do no. that? Well, it's, well, it's <laughs> actually, what we teach is very, there's a lot of paradoxes. And this is, actually goes back to Eastern religion and Eastern philosophy. We might tell you something that totally contradicts something we tell you later. And, and also, that's one thing with feng shui, too, is a lot of people have read things about feng shui from blogs and different books. And and I'll, I'm probably 100% correct or 150% correct that everyone probably contradicts each other. But there's a reason for that. Oh, but yeah. That, that the reason for, for sure. that is because yeah, there's sure. actually... There's- you know, if we're talking about what is feng shui, there are dozens and dozens and dozens and countless number of schools of feng shui. Yeah. And there are some basics like the five elements from Taoism is a common thread, as is the bagua. But nuances of how you lay the bagua, what each bagua area means, like those may change based on the teacher, even teachers within the same lineage. And this is, you know, true for everything. Like I was talking to my Tibetan Tonka teacher yesterday, and she was saying how, you know, even in there's different schools of Tibetan Buddhism, and in all the different schools, there's two teachers. She said two teachers in the same school are probably more different than two teachers in the different schools, right? So it's very, it could be very common that mm-hmm. you you hear something from maybe another BTB teacher that learned something different. But anyway, hey, um, remember what remember yes. what our teachers used to always say? Sometimes yeah, it, just it depends. depends. It depends. It's not always going to be yes, a cookie cutter true. answer for things. And um, in case the listeners didn't know, I wanted. Laura and I to both talk about when and how we decided to become feng shui consultants and feng shui teachers. So Laura, you, you go first, Laura. Uh, so for me, I have known about feng shui, I think like everyone I felt, you know, in the early nineties, <laughs> it's like, it was, it was around and popular and I had a corporate job and I worked as a marketing, a director of marketing for a multinational corporation, but I had a side gig, as they call it, and I was in love with design. So I did a lot of interior design. I went off and I studied in night school and I went and, you know, did all, I studied and did, um, you know, did all I could to learn the, um, all the ins and the outs, you know, floor plans and drafting and all that fun stuff. And then I, I quit my corporate job and I became a designer and I thought that's exactly what I wanted. And I did like it. It was fun. And I did, um, I had clients where I was, you know, working with them, spending, you know, spending a lot of their money for them. And they were, they were generally happy and everyone was happy. But as I started to, um, I was doing a lot of yoga and I was sitting, so I was doing a lot of meditation and Eventually, the two things didn't really connect. They didn't really click anymore for me. So I needed to find a way to, to practice with energy in my career. And 
I knew about feng shui just, you know, for years. And I thought, you know, you've kind of like dabbled it and read a book maybe once in a while, but really, let's see if we can start to study this. And I did, I studied, I did a quick program, fell in love with it, and then realized I knew, just knew enough to be dangerous. And so I decided to go and study at our, in our program, Angie, the one that we both did in, in New York. So, and for those of you that don't know, I am a proud Canadian. I live she is in very Toronto, proud and of so being Canadian. I would travel. <laughs> I'm a Canadian for all those Canadians out there. And uh, you'll hear it, I'm sure, when I say about. Yeah, it already slipped through um, the cracks. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, really? You already gave yeah. yourself away. <laughs> and, when, and then when Angie and I fight over uh, how to spell color, has to have a U, but... <laughs> So anyway, I, I came to, I would go, I traveled to New York. So I would travel to New York to study and three years later, that's that studied. And, you know, and Angie and I met through that program too, like years after we graduated, we met, we got actually came together on a sort of a, a retreat that our school had done. And it was anyway, that's a whole, I feel like that's a story in itself. Like just it's so weird that Angie that we signed we went we went for like a walk somewhere we, we, were, gonna te- we were actually teaching something a very small thing together and we're like I don't know want to start want to partner want to do something and it was like next thing you know yeah it's and I think that's a that's a testament to when you meet the right person that you're to partner with in business it's like you it's just I don't know it just really worked out well and so anyway the rest is history and now we're here and now we have the school and this podcast and yeah, and it's awesome. Yes. Okay. okay. So what about you? Um, so when did I decide to become a feng shui consultant? Well, so I I don't know the first time I heard about feng shui, but I do know that when I was in my late 20s, I had like, you know, an epiphany where I realized I was really depressed and really unhappy and something had to change. I was actually in Thailand and I had a Reiki session. Like I didn't even know what Reiki was, but I had this Reiki session and I was crying and it was totally life-changing. So I came back to New York and I realized, okay, I have to change my life. Things have to change. So I started studying meditation and yoga And then I was seeing a therapist and this was during my Saturn return. And she said, she told me, you know, you might be in your Saturn return. And I was like, what's that? And then she also said, why don't you start, you know, why don't you try taking a feng shui class at the open center? Because, you know, because you're an architect and maybe this is a way that you can bring in some spirituality in what you do. And I was like, and I remember thinking and asking her or asking people, do you think that this works? And I remember asking like my acupuncturist something, do you think feng shui works? And I was really skeptical. So I took my first class and I was, I was really truly amazed at how it was more than just moving furniture around. And there was much more to it. It was a really deep philosophy. And this is actually the same thing that happened when I decided to start study architecture in college. I went in undeclared and I thought I wanted to maybe do architecture And I took my first class and then you see there's so much more. If you look at anything, I'm sure all of you listeners, whatever you do in your life, whatever brings you joy, like the first time you were introduced to it and really learned to look beyond the surface of it, it probably really resonated with you. So I knew immediately like, oh, wow, this is amazing knowledge. And I just wanted to learn more. And then in 2009, I actually got laid off from my job which was like the best thing that ever happened to me. So I started studying feng shui and I was like, this is the time. And then I was really lucky that, well, not, I always say lucky and everyone always corrects me and says, it's not that you're lucky. It's, it's that 
you made these things happen, but everything just kind of fell into my lap and things do like I create the environment for using feng shui and meditation, which I think go hand in hand. I've created the space for things to arise and for the universe to be able to present to me really wonderful opportunities and challenges that I can decide I want to do, or I can decide I don't want to do. And you, you know, and then I say yes. And then I meet the next challenge head on, like with Laura. And yeah, I think that would be a great next episode. I think that, and you know, maybe like in the next episode that we do, we could talk about a recent feng shui adjustment we did too. I think that would be great. Yeah. Well, I think that we did it. We did a pretty good job about talking about what is feng shui and kind of doing a little shift in a little transition in the podcast. And, and I think this is what we'll be doing. We'll be, we'll still be doing interviews and talking about feng shui and answering feng shui questions. But a lot of the time it'll be, you know, an interview might just be one of us, but we'll also throw in these conversations between Laura and I and talk about feng shui and how, and you can hear both of our opinions and our expertise. And, and Laura is really excited because Laura loves to listen to podcasts. So this is right up her alley. Well, I thought you were going to say, Oh, and Laura Laura loves loves to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I do love podcasts. So I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.